Long Beach Sermons, visit us at citychurchlongbeach.org. So good. Welcome, friends, uh, here and on Zoom. It feels so good uh, to be back in, in this physical space here at Lafayette. This is our home church. Uh, for those who have never been here physically before, this is where we once gathered uh, back in a different life uh, pre-COVID. So it feels really good for us to be here uh, and to welcome those who've never been here and those who are on Zoom to see this space. Uh, it's really great to be here. So welcome. I'm Bill White. I am one of the pastors here at City Church Long Beach, where we are a radically welcoming community on a journey towards Jesus, joining him in the renewal of all things. Uh, that's who we are. And that's what we're all about. So. Uh, a couple of housekeeping details for those of us who are here physically, just so we know the lay of the land. There are a few bathrooms that are accessible. Um, one is through the doors to the auditorium, immediately up the steps to the left. That's the bathroom there. There are also two bathrooms outdoor here. Um, these bathrooms are tricky. So when you go in, um, it is very appropriate to lock the door behind you. Okay, so we encourage that. But you also need to lock the door when you leave. Otherwise, the door automatically locks behind you and no one will ever use that bathroom again today. All right, does that make sense? So you need to lock the door and that way, so the next person will be able to open it and get in and use it. Does that make sense? <laughs> that does not make sense. It makes sense. It, you, have to, you have to deadbolt it. Yeah, the, so otherwise, if you don't understand that, use this restroom. But uh, this, you have to deadbolt it on your way out to prop it open. Otherwise, it will, the, the handle will lock and, and other people won't be able to get in. So, okay. So that's just how that works. So are there other, I, th I think that's it. So um, I, I've got a couple, so we're gonna, we're gonna talk, we're shifting into a, a, a series now. We're gonna talk about what is the church? And the church is always connected to this, this God thing. And so I wanna ask a, a, a question of the kids here. Do we, do we have any, are there any kids? I see a couple of kids, okay. Kids, we need your help. We're thinking a little bit about church and God, and like how the church connects to God and stuff like that. And so I was wondering, and you can, if there are any kids on Zoom, you can put this in the chat, or you can maybe ask your parents to type it in the chat. Um, what, like, have you ever felt God? Or maybe thought that you felt God? What was that like? What did it what did it feel like? What was that? Where where were you? When was it? What was it like? Kids. Any ideas? Okay, yeah. When, it feels like when I'm eating a donut. It feels like when you're eating a donut. Okay, there you go. Okay. So Kai says, God, when you felt God, it felt like eating a donut. That is profound, and I, yes, I believe that. I got one from chat. 
It felt like from chat, I felt like I was hearing a comforting voice. Thank you. Yes. I like any other, any other kids? Did you ever like felt God or wondered if like, oh, that's like Godish? Any others? Just gonna leave it open here. Maybe if you were outside, maybe at the beach, maybe with your grandparents. There's a moment you're like, yeah, I wonder if that hand felt a little like that. You know, wrong, well, sure. So Ronald Lee said, felt like being surrounded with friends and family. Thanks, Ronald. I appreciate that. Song. I appreciate it. Asha Rubio, yeah. Sometimes you kind of feel like that. You don't want that moment to end. Like there's this goodness going on right now. You don't want that to end. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, let's just sit in that for just a minute, right? Like, there's a sense of goodness, wellness, sweetness, like donutty sweetness, <laughs> right? Communal. Goodness that that we that our kids are, are recognizing here that is God, God ish, God like, God visiting, God comforting, God speaking, the God experience. What if we leaned into that a little bit today? And what if we try to figure out what what does it mean for us to be God's family, the church? Brandon Rubio is now going to make sense of all this. <laughs> it's my job to sort of stir it up and like, I don't know, let's make a mess. And then Brandon Rubio kind of brings the order. In case you haven't figured out that's how we do church, you obviously haven't been here very long. Well, I mean, it's just, it's such a good question, right? And for, even just for Bill and I over the last last few weeks months I mean really I mean this has been the whole experience of being city church and becoming city church it's like what is church so you know sometimes people ask us about what we do uh, or about our little community here and uh if you're me and I'm a little less controversial I might kind of say well we're a quirky little church or I might say we're a weird church it's possible someone else would say something like, you know, we're not a very good church. We're a bad church. <laughs> <laughs> and, and of course, what we're really saying when we say that is that compared to the churches that we spiritually grew up in, it seems like we're a little weird, right? In fact, some of those communities might actually say that we're bad, that there are things that we do uh, I mean, we're informal, right? Everybody's experienced that already this morning. Like, you know, can you 
come up and like the sign says this one time and it's really a different time that we're meeting. Um, you know, and you're just kind of like, oh yeah, we, we're, we're not necessarily super polished, right, as a community. Um, they definitely mean it more in terms of how we talk about some things like justice and inclusion, right? It's a little different. It's a little weird. But the reality is, as much as we might sometimes say we're a weird church, there are so many different ways of doing church and being church. And yes, some of them may actually be bad. Some of us have actually experienced bad church, church that is harmful, that has, has actually wounded our souls, have wounded people that we love. There, there are absolutely wrong ways to do church, but there's really not a right way, right? There are so many different ways that people come together to help each other experience God. And so as we explore this question, what is church? We actually want it to be a very open and free conversation because we don't think we have it all figured out. We love our quirky little church. We love all of you. And we don't think we're perfect. We are becoming all of the time. And so this conversation as we try and say, hey, what is most important about being church together? It is a conversation. And you may not agree with everything. And we may not completely agree with ourselves. We're just trying to figure it out, right? Trying to figure it out in public. A conversation here that we're all invited to. So one of the ways that we try and describe who we are, who we're trying to become is through our vision statement. That we're a radically welcoming community on the journey towards Jesus, joining him in the renewal of all things. And I think Bill is going to play kind of Vanna White for me right now. And... Uh, a simple way that we try and show this sometimes uh, is through a triangle. This triangle that shows sort of like a, a complete spiritual life. And so we talk with the triangle uh, about the up, the in, and the out. So if we're a radically welcoming community, that would be the in of our triangle. On a journey towards Jesus, the up, and joining him in the renewal of all things. So there's, there's an in and out and the up, but in the center of it all is Jesus. Jesus who is in all things, through all things, guiding all things, leading us forward. And so today, what we're gonna look at is what does it mean to be a Jesus-y church? How does being Jesus-centered define who we are as a community. And so we're going to be exploring a passage uh, that is written by a church leader writing to one of his biracial young friends, um, someone who he's mentoring to be to kind of carry, carry his vision of church forward. And so uh, our friend Judy Kim is going to come and read scripture for us today. Can you guys welcome Judy? Like to stand in honor of the reading of God's word. 2 Timothy 1, 9-10. God has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of God's own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus who has destroyed death and has brought life 
and immortality to life through the gospel. People of God, this is the word of God. Thank you so much, Judy. Thanks, Judy. I'm going to really quickly, uh, we do want to invite uh, in just a minute, if there are any kids and families where the kids you would like to uh, hear a story time this morning, get to run around a little bit more, do some crafts. I'm going to pray over the kids and then you are welcome. We have a spot right over here with some blankets and crafts and all sorts of good things. Uh, so friends, would you join me just in praying for our kids? God, it's so good to be back in Lafayette. This space where, man, we are just surrounded by the idea of children. The space that is the heart of a community, of the Wrigley neighborhood. Um, God, we pray for our children this morning and the ways that you are leading and guiding them, you are growing them, you are healing them. But we pray also for all the kids um, who are constantly in this space uh, in summer with the summer program uh, through the school district and in just a short month coming back on campus uh, to hopefully begin a more normal school year. God, we pray for this community. We pray um, just for goodness, restoration, and an amazing summer and school year ahead. God, be with our kids. We love them so much. We love you too. Amen. So at the start of this passage, uh, we're going to sort of work through this triangle, right? And, uh, and I, Joe, can can we see it okay on Zoom? The uh, the up the in the out the triangle. I'm looking at you, Joe. Yeah. Yeah, we can see it. Okay, great. I don't know, can you guys more or less see the triangle? I mean, hopefully more or less. So um, we're gonna we're gonna start with this this up area of the triangle. So our vision is to be this uh, radically welcoming community on this journey towards Jesus, right? And and the passage starts with this idea in verse nine, where it says that that he saved us. This, this is what Christ did, he saved us. Uh, this reconnection to God, this this like hey we're reconnected jesus connects us upwards towards god and and i want to think a little bit about this and and how we think about that as a church and what this means for us as a church um and and kind of how we read scripture around this i think a lot of times a lot of churches and i think me as a as a christian I've read this traditionally as um, people are terrible. We're rotten. We need to be saved. We need to be rescued because you're a mess. I'm a mess. And, you know, we're all doomed to hell. And, I mean, wow. Like, I mean, if, you, if you've met I, Ivan or, or Todd or Craig, like, whew. I mean, they're basically axe murderers. Uh, and I mean, and Brandon needs even worse. So, I mean, these people, whoo, man, like total depravity. Are you familiar with this theological concept? Like, it's bad. You're bad. We're bad. Good thing he saved us. And the, the, the problem with this theology is that it, it tends to make us think about our own worthlessness and like we really get sucked down this hole of 
self-hatred, self-loathing. And I just don't think it's very biblical. So the, the passage goes on and it talks about how he saved us uh, and called us to holy life, not because of anything that we've done, uh, but because of his own purpose and grace. And it says at the end of verse nine, this grace was given us in Christ Jesus. Wait for it. Before the beginning of time. Before the beginning of time. Before you did anything wrong. Before you were a mess. Before you were an addict. Before you were selfish. Before you said a bad word. Before all of that, God loved you and thought you were awesome. There was no sin. There was no brokenness. There was only love. Before the world began, God gave you grace. This is God's heart. God said, man, I think you're awesome. I love you. Boom, this is it. This is how I think of you. This is what I want for you. This is Christ's love. Like, this is it. Before it all. And my hope is that this helps us redefine our connection with God. It's not that we're worthless. It's that we're of such immense worth. Defined by God's love for us. And yeah, sure, we make messes all the time. I mean, I'm not denying that. But that doesn't, that's not the core definition of who we are. That we're loved. Except we are loved. You are loved. At the very core of your being, you are delighted in. Grace has been given to you. It was given before you were born regardless of your, your race, your religion, your, your sexual orientation or gender identity, your ability, any other status in this world. Before the world even began, this this is the foundation of what it means to be a church, to be truly loved. God, how different is it to come into relationship from that sort of place, right? How different is it for you and your friendships, and your closest relationships? When you come in knowing, like, I can say anything and they will still love me, right? I'm not, 
I don't have to earn my acceptance, my approval. There's just room. There is room for me here. So if the first part of the triangle is the up, the second that we're going to look at is the in. That Jesus connects us to flourishing community. Uh, there's a little bit of this passage that Judy read for us. It says that Jesus called us to a holy life. So first it's us, right? There's, there's a calling not just for, you know, just Katie, you know, not for just Greg, but it's a calling for us as community. And it's a calling to a very triggering for some of us word, a holy life. Does that make you happy? I mean, I'm just, you know, like anybody get some like little emotions going on or kind of notice their body tightening up a little bit at this idea that you're called to a holy life? Like, oh yeah, all those rules, right? I mean, I'm just saying for me, when I first read it, that's like the trigger. That's where I go first. I've been called to a holy life. There are things I'm supposed to do and there are things that I'm not supposed to do, right? There's a good list and there's a bad list. And that's what holiness is because God's perfect. And so I'm supposed to be perfect like God. So it's really interesting in several of the places in the Bible where God is described as holy. God actually isn't just described as holy. God is described as holy, 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 three times, holy, holy, holy. And so many thinkers and writers over the ages have said, ah, here, this is one of those hints towards just the complicated nature of who God is. God as three persons, God as Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Holy, Holy, Holy One, who is holy not just in this sort of isolated way, but in this way that is intrinsically relational, is intrinsically about how God is connected to God's self. Because holiness is actually, I mean, think about the root of the word. Holiness is wholeness. It's about an integration of everything of who we are, who God is. This sense of everything being put together exactly right in just perfect, peaceful, wonderful relationship. The sense that we have that holiness is about rules and whether or not we've gotten them right or not, whether or not we're We've done enough to be in or out of the community. It's actually not holiness. It's purity. It's, it's whether or not we've done something that is going to separate us from community. Have we contaminated ourselves in some ways? Nadia Boltz Weber, who wrote um, really a pretty wonderful book called Shameless, The Sexual Reformation. She puts it this way, purity most often leads to pride or to despair, not holiness. Because holiness is about union with, and purity is about separation from. Rules focus us on ourselves, and they, they focus us on our own 
sense of shame or pride? Are we in? Are we out? Holiness is about, can we come together? How are we going to love each other well? How are we actually going to grow in wholeness together as a community? So this book, Shameless, I actually read it with a really brave group of women. Well, I was actually the most nervous person reading this group. I was like, can we, can a group of church women talk about sex well together? Like, is this going to be possible? You know, not judge each other. And, you know, like, is this going to be safe? So I was the most nervous person. Everybody else was like, Brenna, chill out. Uh, it's going to be fine. And it was. It was actually an amazing experience. And one of the nights that I would tell you that I was on holy ground. And don't you have those moments sometimes when you know that you're on holy ground? And it's not because you're following the rules so well. It's not. It's because of this beautiful connection that is happening around you. We had reached the chapter on abortion. And talk, I mean, it just got silent here, right? Because <laughs> talk about a topic that is going to so often create division in religious communities. We had reached the abortion chapter. And again, we go, how is this going to work out? I don't know, but we're going to dive in. We're going to talk. Let's see how it goes. It was amazing because this group of women shared so vulnerably their own stories about pregnancy, about loss, stories with friends and family. And, and people weren't coming from the same perspective. That wasn't the point. The point wasn't for us all to sort of correct each other and you know get to the right place where we understood all the rules. The, the point was to share and to grow. And, and so I remember, you know, as part of the conversation, I, I hadn't even thought about it ahead of time. I, I hadn't planned to share, but it came up so naturally in the conversation because we were just in such a sweet, holy spot to actually be able to talk about my own experience with an ectopic pregnancy, which usually when I talk about with people, you know, I, I describe it as a loss because it was in so many ways. And yet, there was that hospital room where I had to sign a piece of paper saying, yeah, my baby and I are both about to die. Neither of us, you know, that there's no way for both of us to make it through this. So yeah, I'm signing a piece of paper that you can take my baby. I share my story here because, you know, I don't want to share the sweet and tender stories that were shared in this group. But friends, this is holiness. This ability to say, like, we are, we're for each other and we're for our own growth and our own healing and pursuing and living into that grace that Jesus has for us. A grace that does not leave us unchanged, but it's all because of love. And it's because we can have these holy and tender moments with each other. Thanks for making this all
uh, I'll be brief about this, uh, this last piece. Uh, to remind us where we've been. As a church, we talked about this journey towards Jesus. This healthy spirituality that Jesus connects us to grace. Grace starts the journey before we ever, before we ever get on it. This radical welcoming community is about holiness. It's not about purity. And this renewal of all things is this, this healing now is, is not just about us, is that we're going to move outward to the world. This passage talks about uh, destroying death, which so often uh, Christians have only allowed this to be a personal piece, and, and it's wonderful as a personal piece. Talks about Jesus uh, who has destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, which is what he's done. We, we don't fear death. Death does not have the last word individually. That we can experience individually a flourishing life. And there's more because it's not just individually. It's also for the world. In, in the greatest picture of what this looks like in the, in the, in the last pages of the, of the Bible, the, the last chapters, and you get to see the new heaven and the new earth, everything set right. It talks about. Uh, they will, the, the, the new heaven and the new earth are, are coming together and talks about how Jesus is going to wipe every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death, the mourning, the crying, the pain, for the old order has passed away. Jesus, who is seated on the throne, said, I am making everything new. It's the renewal of all things. And we get to participate in this with Jesus as this new community, as the church. And we, we get to defy death, the, the destruction of all things. This is what we get to be a part of. We get to see it uh, in very small ways, like buying a community house, working against homelessness. Get to see it picking up trash in neighborhoods, starting a neighborhood food team. The different ways that we do it in our, our jobs, in our families. This is who we are as a church. We try to love and serve and give our lives away in the world, to invite others in to, to know God's love, and to see justice done to proclaim that Black Lives Matter, to live as if Black Lives Matter, to try to change systems so that Black Lives Matter, things like this. This is what we actually try to do, try to live. Um, so this is the, the, the last sort of piece of, of the, the triangle that we 
think of as we think of what we're going to study at church. So, um, and I want to invite up a friend, uh, actually our newest member of the food team, Adam Garcia. Do you want to come up? You know, we like to tell stories. Yeah, welcome up, Adam. And uh, we, we love to have stories and hear from different people. Um, and I thought it'd be fun to hear from Adam. And, uh, his story touches on this a couple different ways. Right here, right here, yeah, front and center. Yeah. Uh, you want to turn the spotlight on him? <laughs> um, Adam, how long have you been around? You've been around the church for a while now. How long have you been here? Okay, put this right up to your mouth so we can hear you. This is my third service. Third service. Okay, so you're kind of an old timer. Um, and uh, you've been on the food team how long now? Two weeks. Two weeks. You've done two deliveries. Two. Del you've done two deliveries or just one? Two. Two. So you're okay. So you're kind of you're kind of in a rhythm. That's good. Okay, good. Um, we feel good about that. So we consider him a leader, kind of a top tier leader in the city church. Uh, and uh, if you're new here today, next week you'll be in leadership. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, 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 so tell us a little bit um, about your spiritual journey. Um, yeah, I, I don't even know. I mean, wow, what, you've got a, uh, an interesting story. So tell us a little bit about growing up. Considered yourself uh, particularly spiritual growing up or not? And tell us a little bit about the mess you kind of got yourself into. Okay. Uh, well, I grew up um, I grew up in San Pedro um, in, the, in the beach community. And um, in the 70s, you know, um, kind of hippie parents. Hey, Joe, can you hear him okay on? on yes, sir. Okay. Okay. And um, uh, my dad was a, was a, like an artist, uh, he was a struggling artist, and he was also an addict, alcoholic. You know, and I was around that at an early age. And, um, but I always felt God. You know, I, I went to Catholic church and did all that stuff as a kid. But I felt God on a spiritual level. You know, through nature. And uh, but uh, you know, through my teenage years, I I uh, you know got really heavily into party and stuff like that. And um, I, you know, that would be my my 20s all the way till I was 30 and I, I got in a terrible horrible car accident and uh, I was in a coma for three months and um, I woke up and um, you know pretty much mic up to your face. Oh, pretty much in a body cast everything was broken my face was disfigured you know I was pretty much in a time of my life 30 years old and, and, um, and I was mad at the world when I woke up you know pain um, disfigured and not a god and and uh, I really uh, got into my disease after that. I had a lot a million surgeries that I needed. I'm still doing surgeries today. It's 20 years ago, you know, and uh, but those six years after my accident was the surgeries and drugs and alcohol and um, you know living a living wrong, you know, and um, this whole anger and um, and you know, after six years of that and a few surgeries, you know, quite a bit of surgeries, um, I was spiritually dead, you know, uh, emotionally and, and uh, spiritually, um, just bankrupt and done, you know, and um, 
it was either, you know, put a gun to my head or, or try something, you know, and, and um, um, I was scared to live and scared to die, you know, and, um, and that's no way to be, man, you know, scared of both things. And um, I decided to, uh, to go to rehab and I knew that maybe getting sober, you know, um, with my help, you know, and I went and did that. You know, I drove out to the desert to rehab and kind of cried on the way out there and, you know, surrendered to God and, um, and uh, went out there and, and uh, learned a lot and came back out to Long Beach and um, got to uh, Bay A Fellowship and uh, I found God and I, I got to decide to living and learn how to live, you know. And, uh, and, and tell us about, so AA kind of became like a community for you, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, that was, yes. and it wasn't, you wouldn't say it was like Christian, would you? I mean, I'm not saying it was anti-Christian, but it was like, but it was like a, it was like a church for you. Is that right? It is. It yeah. is. Uh -huh. And it's it's not Christian because you give you the opportunity to choose your own higher power. Yeah. But it's all made around Christian principles. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. And um, so we all we have to do is live by these principles and not drink or use. And God's with us. And, you know, and you really experience a pretty dramatic healing. You really do. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So this this was kind of your community. You felt welcome. You felt loved. Yes. But at some point you said you wanted more. You wanted to, how, how would you describe what happened after 10 years? Yeah, after 10 years, 10 years of sobriety, you know, um, living a great life, you know, rebuilt my life, got married, um, got my home, I got a great job, you know, and, you know, and uh, living, living a good life. But I, I started realizing that I needed more God. Like there was this, um, I need, I knew that AA, um, there was a source that this came from, you know, and I knew that it was applied by Christian principles and I decided, you know, maybe I should try and give church a try, you know, and, um, so it's not a criticism of AA. No, no. it was just like, yeah, I want to, I want to learn more. I want to grow more. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's so honoring. Yeah. It's yeah. really a, a beautiful thing. So yeah. I've been on a spiritual search all my life. I realized. Yeah. 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 And how do you, how do you feel about, like, how is how you met Christ in, in ways now on, on this season of your journey that have been helpful or challenging or like, what, what, what's that been like? Um, I, I, maybe it's no different. I don't know. I, uh, it, um, it maybe it is a little different. Actually, that's why I came to this church um, because it's, it was challenging. I went to church shop for a long time, you know, come from AA, yeah. and I wanted something that was not judgy and um, accepting of all, because uh, that's how we were. And, uh, and I found that here, you know. And uh, in, in all know, three weeks you've been here. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I, I shop big time, you know, for years. I was like, the churches went to them. And, um, you know, I found my little faults. I was judging churches, you know, and going to them. And, Give it time. Here. Give it time, dude. Give yeah. it time. Well, yeah. You know, like um, you know, my second week here, I I I got to serve. You know, I'm serving a family every week. I'm going shopping, you know, taking my time out of my life, you know, to shop and go to the pantry and go to the store and go, you know, meet these people. And uh, that's where we're taught in AA to serve, you know, and we had that right away here. And I, I love that, you know, and just that's what fills my heart is serving, you know. 
Hey, would you thank God for having Garcia?